News. Culture. Community. Every day. On 1019 WDET. A different kind of public radio. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and thanks for being here. As Detroit works to find its voice in the 21st century, one group is leading the charge to make the city a tech industry hub in the nation. Leaders at TechTown say entrepreneurship in the tech world and outside of it should not only be encouraged in Detroit, but the organization is already proving uh, that it will help bolster our economy. Joining me now to talk about the things that are going on at TechTown is Ned Stabler. He's uh, the vice president for economic development at Wayne State University and the president President and CEO of TechTown, Ned. Welcome to Detroit Today. Stephen, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things we should always make clear up front is that, you know, TechTown's name, I think, is maybe a little misleading. Uh, it sort of says, it sort of says, you know, it's about tech companies and startups. Uh, it has become so much broader than that, and it really is about uh, entrepreneurship in a much more general sense here in Detroit, and uh, it's connecting with uh, startups and and businesses that want to that want to get going here in lots of different places. Also, here in Detroit, it's not just in Midtown where you guys are; it's all over the city. Yeah, I have been associated with TechTown for about ten years now. First as a funder back when I was up at MEDC uh, in those days, and then on the board, and uh, for the last year or so as the president uh, at TechTown. And I would say every two to three years, we pay a consultant way too much money to to tell us <laughs> should we, you know, to answer the question, the should we change the name? And they always go through this, you know, four month process and talk to stakeholders all over the city, who then say you have brand equity in the name TechTown. Um, so we it's keep too late. It. Yeah, sorry about that. But you know what? Uh, we're due for another time. Maybe next year. We'll We'll, we'll go ahead and uh, hire some consultants. So consultants, start sending me proposals on other names for On other <laughs> things you can call it. Uh, talk about the things that TechTown has really been involved in uh, over the last decade here in, in the city in terms of sort of, I feel like you're trying to turn the dial away from the sense that uh, that our parents and grandparents had here in the city of go, you know graduating from high school or college and getting a job and sort of settling into that for the next uh, four or five decades to the idea that uh, maybe we do our own thing and uh, our own ideas can often be the power of our economy. That's a that's a big turn in a community like this. Yeah, the American economy has fundamentally changed. Um, and, you know, I, I'm rereading Tom Segrew's Origins of the Ur Urban Crisis right now, and I, I, I highly urge everyone to reread re that every couple of years, uh, and especially in a tumultuous time like today. Sure. Um, and and that, that change in our economy really started here in Detroit in the 40s and the 50s. It wasn't in the 60s, the 70s. Deindustrialization, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and decentralization of a lot of the industry uh, here. Um, and uh, uh, as a result, never before has entrepreneurship been more important uh, in the Detroit's uh, revitalization that's, that's happening uh, right now? And uh, you're not going to graduate from high school and go get a job for the next 50 years at Ford's or GM. You know, you're going to change your job five, six, eight times. TechDown was started to commercialize technology out of Wayne State and out of Henry Ford Health Systems, and we've pivoted. Too. So now we're doing entrepreneurship all across the spectrum. It's not just people that have intellectual property. Uh, it's folks that are starting coffee shops and restaurants, shoe stores and barber shops, uh, because it's uh, really important that we revitalize the commercial corridors all over the city as well, so that people have jobs and opportunity, but also amenities. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the other things we always uh, talk about here in terms of the changes that we're seeing in Detroit and the growth 
is participation, right? Uh, who is benefiting from uh, what's growing here? Uh, Tech Town's really focused on making that as broad as possible, bringing more people into the, the, the push towards some different kind of economy here in Detroit. We, we were just recognized in a national study done by uh, uh, ICIC, which is the Initiative for Competitive Inner City. It's a national group out of uh, Boston, out of Harvard, uh, as, as somebody who's doing it right, a model for uh, really uh, inclusive uh, economic development work. TechTown was, was recognized. I always say that TechTown is where the stereotype of the young white male entrepreneur goes to die. <laughs> uh, I know you've heard me say that before, but I'm going to say it until someone tells me to, until Kristen Palm tells me to stop yeah. saying it. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I will keep saying it because, uh, you know, 40% of the entrepreneurs that, that we work with at TechTown are over the age of 50. So it's not just 25 year olds, you know, uh, it's not all Zuckerberg uh, in his hoodie. Right. Um, and uh, 60% of them are not white. Uh, and about 35 to 40% are women. Uh, so, you know, we really feel that if, if Detroit is going to have a, a, a sustained comeback, uh, it's going to have to be something where everyone gets to participate in it, not just 25-year-old white dudes who all work downtown. Yeah. But talk about the hurdles to that. I mean, we would be remiss if we didn't put this in the context of the the national attention that we've had in the last week or so to the really profound lingering issues uh, with race in this country, with racism, uh, with the gaps between black and white. Uh, We've been talking about it in the police context because that's what we're seeing, you know, on our phones and on the desktop and on the the, the big screen uh, televisions. Um, But that also plays out in terms of uh, opportunity. I mean, in a city like Detroit, you guys are sort of on the front lines of trying to push back against, you know, decades, centuries of history, really. Uh, what, what does that look like right now in a city like Detroit? Well, well, first off, I think DPD has made a lot of strides in terms of community policing and, and really trying to get engaged uh, in, in the communities uh, for, for constructive dialogues. Uh, it's, uh, I think it's the only way that we can be successful. Uh, here in sort of Midtown, we're really fortunate to have the Wayne State Police and Chief Tony Holt. Yeah. Uh, their 60-member force is a real police force, so if you get a ticket or you know pay it before that summons shows up, they're not rent-a-cops or university police only. They are real police, but they're fantastic. Uh, and it's why this is the safest part of the city and, frankly, the safest part of Metro Detroit. Wayne State was named one of the 50 safest campuses in America last year uh, because you are safer here than you are in Ann Arbor, East Lansing, Birmingham, or Troy. Uh, people never believe me, but it, it is very but true. But the stats say that's true. The yeah. stats say, say yeah. that is, is absolutely true. And it, a lot of it has to do with uh, the chief, uh, their innovative policing method, uh, methods like CompStat, but also the, the, the folks who are on the force. Uh, there are 60 folks. Everybody's got a bachelor's degree. Uh, most of them are, are having getting a master's. Many of them have PhDs. They're really well-educated. They're really uh, uh, open and cosmopolitan to the community that they're working with. Um, and I think it really helps. And it's why we've had 170 businesses open in Midtown in the last three years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a recent uh, study by uh, Tech Economy Partners uh, that say that Michigan's 21st Century Job Fund's entrepreneurship and innovation program had a $5.5 billion impact and created near Nearly 27,000 jobs over the last decade. Uh, it, it seems like that undergirds the argument for things like TechTown, the idea that the way forward here really is this idea of growing 
growing businesses, starting businesses, getting people to, to do their own thing. You know, people wonder about what's the role of government in entrepreneurship and small business and should it just, quote, get out of the way. But I think that report underscored that uh, uh, the 21st Century Jobs Fund, and full disclosure, when I was at MEDC, I ran that for a few years, um, uh, is, is a really effective way for government to, to get involved because it's not picking winners and losers. It's creating an environment and an ecosystem for entrepreneurs. Uh, and one of the things you'll see is you get great return. So for every dollar, I believe that report said we got $20 in economic output for every dollar that the state invested. The state invested a lot of money and got returns from a lot. So venture capital and angel funds, they actually made money while creating jobs, right. while creating new <laughs> innovations and patents and, and technology. So it's a really good way to do it. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Ned Stabler. He's the Vice President for Economic Development at Wayne State University and the President and CEO of TechTown. We're talking about economic growth and development here in the city of Detroit. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, uh, have a question about TechTown, have a t- question about entrepreneurship, what role it is playing, what role it should play here in the city of Detroit, uh, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number. That's 313-577-1019. Ned, I want to change the subject a little bit here. Uh, You and I have known each other for a really long time (laughs) since we were... Don't give away how long that's been, Stephen. (laughs) Much younger uh, (laughs) uh, uh, students at... uh, uh, University of Detroit Jesuit High School here in Detroit, uh, um, and uh, we're Facebook friends as a result of having known each other that long. Uh, I have been really moved in the last week or so, and and especially in the la- last week or so, by the way you use your Facebook page to, to talk about some of the things that we're seeing uh, nationally in terms of race and racism, the conversation about race uh, that that is inspired by these unbelievably tragic and horrifying incidents. You posted uh, this morning on your Facebook page a link to a speech that, uh, that Robert Kennedy gave the day after Martin Luther King's assassination in 1968, where he was talking about uh, the violence that they were living with then, what he called the violence of institutions. I thought that was a really wonderful phrase. Uh, we were talking in the green room before about how so much of that seems like you could you could write it today and it would it would be just as appropriate. I mean, it seems in so many ways that uh, fifty years after all of these profound cultural conflicts unfolded, we're still we're still in the trenches uh, in a really yeah. real way. And you know, some people get dis, you know, uh, disappointed by that and they say, oh no, they despair. Look how far, look how little has changed over the course of 50 years. You know, I, I'm on the board at the Historical Society working on the Detroit 67 project right now, which is really a look back 50 years from yeah. 1967 as right. well as a look you know, for 50 years from and now 50 years into the future. What are we going to do about it? How are we going to change some of those institutions? Um, because I think that's that's really important. Um, I posted something else the other day that I think my friend Rachel Bendit uh, actually originally shared, which was was from a rabbi that said, you are not permitted to despair. To despair, right. And um, I, I've really taken that, that, that into my head, and I've been thinking a lot about it over the last few days, uh, because if we're going to make real change in this country, uh, we can't think, oh, woe is me. 
we have to continue moving forward. A lot of people, especially white friends, have asked me, why am I posting so much about this uh, on, on my Facebook page? Um, and the answer I usually give them is that, you know, racism is a very uncomfortable conversation for white people. It sure is. Oh, it's very uncomfortable. Um, but, I, but I try to remind them that every time you, you think, oh, racism is uncomfortable for you, imagine how uncomfortable it is for someone who actually suffers from racism. Uh, you know, and, and try to put yourself in their place a little bit. There's a reason why you don't think about race very much, white person. It's right. because it doesn't impact your life. But for, it's a reality that for millions of Americans, it really does on a daily basis. But, you know, I think so as white people, I think we have an obligation to continue to use the privilege that we have uh, to be uh, an agent of social change and to continue the conversation, putting people in uncomfortable spaces, making them think about where other people are. That's that's really, really important. I mean, the, the idea that it's only an African-American problem for African-Americans is part of the problem. Uh, we need uh, white people to talk about this. We need white people to acknowledge what's going on and, and say what they think about it, right? Say what you feel. If what you feel is uh, maybe offensive to black people, that's actually okay. would rather hear you say it then have you sit out the conversation because uh, there's no way forward on our own. We do need to be talking with each other. That's the great irony of this. So here you have an institutional situation that is uh, disempowering black people. And the only way to change it is, ironically, from, by white people. Right, the people who have the power. I mean, that's that's, right. that's how power works. Um, you know, and Martin Luther King wrote this from jail uh, that people with privilege, people with power, uh, don't give it up freely very often. That's right. Right. So we have to keep pushing and fighting, uh, but we need to be allies. And it's a hard thing for white people because you don't know how to talk about it. You don't want to be offensive to anybody. You want to be productive. Um, but uh, we have to do it. Yeah, uh, we've got some calls here. Let's uh, take a couple. Renee from Detroit. Welcome to Detroit today. Hi. Hey. Go ahead. Food trucks. I'm looking for funding for my food truck business, and <laughs> I've attended a lot of programs at Tech Town and Food Lab and different places all over the city, and I'm constantly running into the problem of funding, and I apply for the Motor City Match program. I apply for several different programs, but the money usually runs out before, you know, um, <laughs> Before you get to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing I would say, Renee, is keep at it, right? Uh, don't give up. I mean, there, there, there are lots of uh, businesses like yours that, that have, get told no. Uh, many, many times before they find someone who says yes and they get uh, they get going. But uh, I'm sure Ned Stabler has uh, some advice for you, too. Stephen, we actually – I know you already have six jobs, but maybe we'll hire you for a seventh <laughs> over at Tech Town because that's great advice. Um, you know, obviously, I can't speak to your specific situation without, you know, talking to you. You've, it sounds like you've already been into Tech Town to talk to some folks. Uh, I would encourage you to come back and let's spend a little more time. You know, oh, we, we made, probably made some recommendations and they didn't work. Okay, well, let's go back and see what else we can – we can try for you. You know, food trucks are a difficult business uh, to finance, uh, especially if you don't have a track record. You know, it's one thing if you're in a bricks and mortar location. You know, if, if uh, Phil Cooley wanted to run a Slows food truck around the city, I bet you they could finance that in, sure. in about 20 seconds. Yeah. Uh, but it's harder for startup businesses. But we do a lot of programs, including pop-ups right here in TechTown. So every uh, Wednesday, Friday, and now we're doing some breakfast pop-ups. We have two or three pop-ups a week in TechTown for food entrepreneurs to try out their concept in sort of a safer, low-budge environment. So maybe that's a new avenue you could try and build some track record and, and a customer base with us. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much for, for that call. Uh, Margo in Detroit. Welcome to Detroit Hi. today. 
Go ahead. Hi there. Uh-huh. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to be listening to this conversation because I, I graduated from college a year ago, and the topic of my senior thesis was the role of the entrepreneur in the revitalization of Detroit, and it's an issue that I think about a lot. And my question um, to you both is, how can we encourage entrepreneurs that see Detroit um, kind of as a, a personal a, a place for opportunity, a place for personal opportunity? How can we encourage entrepreneurs to be addressing real social and economic issues in in the city and also um in places that aren't necessarily in downtown midtown new center maybe the you know the the more um popular neighborhoods like like west village or, or corktown yeah uh margo thank you very much uh, for calling and, and interjecting that idea ned stabler go ahead so you're not going to answer this one. Uh, so much for <laughs> I don't that know job offer. <laughs> so, so the, let, me, let me try to hit that on, on on two different fronts. One is you know the outside of the 7.2, outside of downtown, midtown, Corktown, you know the villages, that kind of thing. So we run a program called SWAT City where we work in six different neighborhoods across the city, and we're actually working with some funders right now and potentially being able to help folks citywide, uh, not just in those neighborhoods, uh, to. Um, uh, provide technical assistance to business owners in those neighborhoods. We we work with local CDCs. So in say Grandmont Rosedale, we're working with you know GRD, uh, uh, GRDC <laughs> over on uh, uh, too many acronyms these days yeah, uh, right. over on uh, East Jefferson, Josh Elling and JEI, uh, and, and they help us identify entrepreneurs in those neighborhoods who need help. And then we provide them technical assistance to get them up and going or growing, depending on whatever it is they need. Um, the question about social entrepreneurship, I think, is a great one. I mean, I think Detroit is a perfect place for people to test out business models like that. But notice I say business models because, you know, the scope of the problems that we have in Detroit, um, you know, whether it's around transit or blight or uh, healthcare delivery, whatever they are, they lend themselves to, I mean, first of all, the scope's huge. Yeah. There's not enough foundation money. I mean, NEI is a fabulous resource and has been supporting us and lots of other great activities and businesses through programs like Any Ideas, the bin-ups, if you will. Uh, it's great, but there isn't enough foundation money. There isn't enough government money to fix those problems. We need to bring in the third leg of the stool, and that's a profit motive, right? So Successful businesses. Yeah, we yeah. bring in, uh, you can. Uh, uh, we need to find business models, for-profit business models that work uh, to, to, to cure some social problems and bring in more capital that way. So th- that's something we're very interested in. If you have ideas, please come and talk to us. We can set you up with accelerator programs, uh, incubation programs, things like that. All right. Ned Stabler, Vice President for Economic Development at Wayne State and President and CEO of Tech Town. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Right. Always have you back soon. I'll see you at the Republican convention next week, right? Oh, Matt? I'm I'm sure you will not see me there. Uh, we'll talk about that some other time. <laughs> All right, up next, we're going to preview this weekend's concert of colors here in Detroit. Stay with us on Detroit today.